0: Well, hey, friends. Hey. This is your work, friends. (laughs) Friends. (laughs) We're keeping that in. Well, hey, friends. I'm Mel. And I'm Francesca. And we are two HR leaders with no filter exposing the stuff you need to know about work. We're here, a new week, new headlines, talking about stuff. Francesca, what are you talking about today?
1: Yeah, I'm talking about the uptick in CEO confidence and what that means for all of us. Mel, what are you talking about? Today? Oh, awesome. Yeah. I mm-hmm.
0: am going to talk about the cost of return to office. I'm curious about that. Plus, we have a fun, cool, hot job that we found. So, <laughs> hot jobs. It is really my yeah. new favorite thing. Uh, well, let's, it. I'd love to start with the pessimistic thing so we can end on an optimistic thing. Oh, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So I was reading Fortune Mag online and the big headline was employees are spending the equivalent of a month's grocery bill on oh. return to office. Oh, yikes. And they're growing more resentful. Understandable. Yeah, that's understandable. Uh, kind of a chunk of change. I yeah, spend a lot uh, on groceries. So yeah, that would be Yeah, it makes me nervous food. a little. Yeah. Uh that obviously sent me down more research here. Better up. Conducted a survey recently, and part of that survey included some numbers on the number of primary remote roles that have now since moved to return to office, whether that's hybrid or fully back in the office. And believe it or not, 50% of mm-hmm. what was once primarily remote has moved to RTO. Whoa. Yeah. I mean I understand that if you're if we're
1: going from a COVID to now, but that still feels very large.
0: It's large. It went two extremes. We're all remote, now we're back. Yeah. One out of four businesses are citing the reasons for this are improved connection, culture, and employee morale. But there's two sides to this coin because the other side of this are people who are experiencing it, employees. Fortune Magazine conducted their own survey with 1,400 professionals who since returned to office in some capacity or the other. And they found that employees who have been mandated to return to office have a higher rate of burnout, a higher rate of stress, and have higher turnover intentions. So they Ooh. plan to quit.
1: I can't you something any time i've ever been mandated to do something it kind of mm-hmm. kind of kind of feels kind of ick doesn't
0: it it does it does yeah. it's all in the delivery so they noted if that return to office transition isn't handled with a higher level of humanity sensitivity empathy what they're finding is workplace culture suffers significantly and the workforce sense of belonging mm-hmm. Plummets, and you talked about this a few episodes ago. But yeah. the number one thing that's needed is belonging. Belonging, one of the most yeah. important pieces of work, I think. Yeah. Look, you're an organization. You're hiring professionals for a reason because you trust they bring skills and experience, and they're grown ups and can handle and manage their work. If your returning to office is a form of control to ensure you see them. That's not the same as providing an improved workplace culture, that's not improving relationships, and it's certainly not going to improve morale. And so I think if you're an organization considering RTO or you've already brought that in, time to check in on those three buckets and see how are we doing in these three?
1: I think what's really hard is... We all got used to working from home and seeing what we could accomplish when we worked from home. A lot of people outperformed mm-hmm. their years prior as well. So it felt like remote was working. And then I know we've talked about this before, but to have this flip of now we're mandating you back. Uh, I'm very curious to know what the employee has to cover to return to work if they're mandated back on Monday through Thursday or Monday through Friday. Because
0: of employees have to feel like they have to pay out of packet. To keep their job. I understand why burnout would go up. Let's get to the juicy part of the headline. Bank accounts, because they started with the financial. But I wanted to start with the other pieces because there's clearly a physical, mental, emotional, and financial impact to this. Bank accounts. The average employee returning to the office spends $561 per month on transportation, additional child or pet care. And any sort of domestic assistance, so things like grocery delivery potentially, or you need to send your laundry out because you don't have time to throw it in between meetings for 15 minutes, or you're paying for lunch now that you normally would just make at home or a cup of coffee. All of these things are starting to add up. And that $561 a month is comparable to the average two-person household's grocery bill in the U.S. for their entire month. So people are paying to work or yeah. at least feel like they're paying to work. And if you're paying to work, I want to feel good about where I work. <laughs>
1: yeah. When you think about that number, another just fun fact, that's that's like a $45,000 car. You could lease you could lease a pretty nice car. You could lease in, like an Audi, like an A4 or an A3 for that.
0: Right. Is right a, that's what you're yeah. asking the folks. Needless to say, this is an ongoing discussion. Return to office is a hot topic, but to mm-hmm. your good point, we've talked about this before. If you're mandating and it's not a thoughtful reason for bringing people together, and you know this, if yeah. if there is research that shows getting together is valuable, it does increase work satisfaction, it does improve working relationships, but that's if it's done well. Yeah. If done poorly which these mandates, we've seen them, right? Like the threats, you'll get fired or you will get promoted or key cards being scanned daily to see when you check in and out. That's a category of done poorly. And what Up and the University of California conducted a study and they found when this is done poorly, that's what's causing resentment, which leads to that turnover. And turnover, your highest expense, covering yeah. that turnover, having to hire new people. So it does actually hurt business bottom line and businesses, sh- businesses should care about it. Yeah, it's fascinating. We get it. Not every job allows you to work from home, but there are a lot of jobs that
1: it can work really well. Once we can figure out the sweet spot for, we get right. it together when it, when it feels really good to get together and we have a good purpose for it. And we yeah. trust work remotely when they need to work remotely. Like we pick where and when depending on what we're doing and we trust each other to do it. Uh, that, to me, feels like the sweet spot. Doing that on scale as an organization, it's been done, but it takes quite a bit of trust and it takes an engineered culture to do it. it has it's to just, come from
0: the top. Yeah. yeah it okay. has to come from the top. So we'll see. RTO is continuing to be an interesting topic. Hey, mm-hmm. listen, if any of you out there are listening to this episode and your organization is doing this really well, we yeah. want to hear about it, let us know. Join us in our LinkedIn group, send us an email, friend at yourworkfriends.com and tell us the story. We're, we're happy to share it because we do want to highlight those businesses that are doing this right. Let's talk about uh, CEO optimism. Well, for the first time in two
1: years, optimism outweighs pessimism among CEOs, which is a pretty cool thing. Listen, I was looking for good news. I will try to, it. It, this isn't confirmation bias. I don't know what the hell this is. I was just looking for good. <laughs> i was looking for it. good work news. You know? like, I love that you look for good news. It's well, thank mean, you. We need a little good news these days. We, we need a little good news. And there's always um, good news, but sometimes it's kind of nice to know. Is this um, getting better or is this getting worse? Right? The conference board does this thing called the measure of CEO confidence. It's a quarterly report where they're looking at how are CEOs feeling, About the economy and what are they planning on in the next six months in the next year in terms of spend and in terms of capital investment, employment, wages, etc. I always think this is a really interesting thing to look at because just like you manage your own budget you are taking into account things like, how is the economy? How's inflation? Do I have a big trip coming up? All this good jazz. Well, CEOs do the same thing, right? In terms of how they're going to manage a business. They're looking at what's happening. How confident do I feel about money that's going to be coming in? How confident do I feel about things happening in the ether to start to save all this happy jazz? If you're not familiar with the conference board, they're a think tank. They also do a lot of organizational boards as well. They have ones for CEOs, CMOs, CLOs. You and I have been part of conference boards before. They're entrenched in a lot of major organizations. So they do have a very good pulse on what's going on in businesses. And they have a pretty good pulse on the CEO confidence. That's great. Okay. Yeah. All right. I got a little bit more news. I'm going to unpack this a little bit. And I also want to talk about why this might be cool for employees. All right. So at 53% favorability in terms of the economy, it was at 46%. So we see this bump up 46% last quarter. It's now
0: at 53 which is huge. Again, the first time in two years that it's been above 50 Yeah, and 7% increase in just one quarter is not. Small increase. Not a small increase. A couple of other things to look at in terms of this optimism about the economy. One,
1: 32% of CEOs said economic conditions were better than compared to six months ago. Okay. Just last quarter, only 18% of CEOs said that. So we've gone from 18 to 36%. Massive jump up there, mm-hmm. which is huge. 36% of CEOs expected economic conditions to improve over the next six months. Again, that's up from 19%. Yeah, those are all big jumps. Big jumps. And so in key categories, really good news. It's very good news. They're saying, listen, last six months, better. Looking forward the next six months, feeling really good about that in these statistically significant jumps. And again, okay. first time in two years. So we're seeing this turnaround. Why this is important for employees, because of this kind of confidence or this optimism, 35% of CEOs expect their workforce to expand over the next 12 months. Okay. That's exciting. 72% of CEOs expect wages to increase by at least 3%. And that last thing I want to share here is that most CEOs are not planning to revise their capital spending. And this was an interesting data point because what that means, we're not going to go whole hog on throwing a lot of money into new ventures or new buildings, etc. We're going to invest those monies in keeping our labor. That's a good
0: sign with all the recent layoffs and everything else, that's a good sign for people to feel the retention of employees.
1: Yeah, agree. agree. I know for some of you that have had micro recessions in tech or in finance where we've seen layoffs, that might feel not true to your story. Think about this, though, in aggregate, because There have been industries like healthcare, like hospitality, like travel and leisure that have had booms. So this, again, is looking at the economy in aggregate. Yeah, Yeah. it's looking good. So are we out of the woods? Not yet, but we're getting there. It'll be interesting to look at next quarter. And also, Mel, want to remind you, do you remember what I told you? When I found out that the pantone color of the year was peach fuzz. Remember when this was in December or something? I said, What did I say? What did I say, Mel?
0: You said we're about to have a hot girl summer.
1: Hell yeah. <laughs> and this, concerns that we're all about to have hot girl summer. Listen. Inflation's going down. Interest rates are steadier. they're going down. CEO's feeling
0: good. You know what that says? Hot girl summer. Hot girl summer. We're gonna thank you to for time. coming by Ted House. This is good news. And to your point. I'm sure for a lot of people who've been impacted by layoffs, this is eye roll material, I'm sure, for them. Or it can feel that way because it's super personal. But this does take into account the bigger picture, which is so important. So this, yeah, this leaves me feeling a bit more op- optimistic. Yeah. Uh, a yeah. girl summer. Yeah. Girl summer.
1: Mel, no. <laughs> what's this week's job.
0: Oh, my gosh. I had <laughs> the best time researching this week, the hot jobs, and I was on Indeed and found... Indeed, indeed you were. I indeed was on de- Indeed looking for this. There is a digital marketing firm out of uh, Santa Monica, California <laughs> called... I love Santa America. Monica, by the way. Have you ever read this? I have not, but I really would love to visit. I've seen photos of the pier and would really just like to bum around for a bit. Shout
1: out for Stella Rosa Pizza. That's the first place I
0: ever had burrata. Ooh. Just so okay. everyone knows. Okay, go ahead. My like list. <laughs> so in Santa Monica, there is this digital marketing agency called King Kong. Already oh, yeah. love it. Already oh, yeah. love it. <laughs> uh, and they had a couple of really funny positions. What stands out to me is always these, these job titles, which I'm like, let, yeah, let you know what? Hell yeah, let's have fun at work. Let's get creative. Let's not be boring and this was right up my alley. So, they had two roles. I'm going to read one of them if that's okay if everyone indulge me in reading this job description. The first one was sales beast. Can you guess what what's a sales beast? Mm. Just
1: selling it going huge into sales, <laughs> sales all day, yeah. like uh, ABC always be closing. I guess that's, yeah. that, that's another yeah. thing.
0: Yeah. So this, this <laughs> role is sales beast slash obviously business development manager. I'm sure they were like, <laughs> probably be a little professional here and add that in. Pay is between 200 and 250 K a year. I'm seeing It does say it's a contract job. So, you know, maybe it's yep. flexible. But the funniest part is this description. Can I read this description to you? I, I please do. Dear sales beast, I know you're tired of the cold call, tired of getting hung up on time after time, having door after door slammed in your face. Or I'm wrong. Maybe you're some strange lizard person who enjoys that stuff. And if you're a lizard person, then I'm sure you also enjoy reading job ad after job ad, reading, you will have proficiency in handling a high volume of leads and multitasking effectively over and over again boring so let's cut the shit hit the free throw and get those other listings in the bin sir siri cue world domination music who are we Maybe asking we're a digital marketing agency that's damn good at getting our clients more clients but we're nothing without 85 of the most passionate marketing lunatics you've ever seen think of the tv show the office but instead of dwight and angela being weird think more staplers and jello I mean, I can talk about the Australian Financial Review Awards we won for Best Places to Work, but the proof is in the pudding. Check our LinkedIn or Glassdoor and see the vibes for yourself. Wait, what? Are you still reading? You're a hard sell. It's time. I know it's time. Mm -hmm. Write that juicy cover letter and hit apply already. Tell me about yourself. No, not the fact that you played college football or you love baking on the weekends. Tell me the details. Your reason for why. Why you wake up and do this shit for fun. The bone marrow of sorts. Still not sold? Sound like it's time to check those benefits out. Good luck. Good luck. I think this is such an awesome job. Like, come on. Yeah. Two thoughts.
1: Whoever's writing that copy just needs a promotion. And anytime cut the shit is in a job description. (laughs) That's just, yeah.
0: Or why you wake up and do the shit for fun. I mean, that let's have some real conversations in the job process. I love this. I love the whole vibe of this. They also have a Yoda of YouTube job available. So We'll link to both of those jobs in the show notes. If you're interested, go yeah. get them. Enjoy, King Kong, Bravo! Oh, uh-huh. oh, geez, the shit! I need a hat that yeah. just says "Cut the shit." Cut the shit. Yeah, yeah, I love that term. All right, yeah. King Kong, yeah. King Kong, let's do right. it. They're cutting the shit. Yeah. Well, it was awesome to chat with you today. Awesome to chat with you, too. We're stoked to come back Thursday. We have guest speaker Brett Trainer joining us. He is the leader of the Corporate Escapee podcast and initiative. You can find him on TikTok and LinkedIn. And he is on a mission to convert 10,000 plus people to corporate escapee life. Meaning, if you're into gigs and gig work, freelance. Being a single Pringle, as Francesca likes to say, (laughs) he's going to give some really interesting information about how to get started and how to be successful. Yeah. Can't wait. Can't wait. Thanks so much
1: for joining us today. Like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can come over and say hi to us on the TikToks and LinkedIn community. Hit us up at yourworkfriends.com. We're always posting stuff on there. And if you found this episode helpful, share with your work friends.
0: Thanks, friend. friend.